Welcome to Central Coast Voices, a program addressing the ramifications of change in our communities and beyond, and how today's choices will impact tomorrow's community. This program is a project of Action for Healthy Communities, and it's provided in collaboration with KCBX and the Community Foundation of San Luis Obispo County. Today, our host, Lotta Murdy, speaks with guests from Big Brothers Big Sisters of San Luis Obispo County. They're going to discuss their work empowering kids in our community to achieve their full potential and what can be done to assist in these efforts. You're invited to listen, learn, and participate in our conversation today, Thursday, between 1 and 2. Call in and be part of the discussion at 805-781-3872, or you can email your questions to voices at kcbx.org. And just as a program note today, the roof over the KCBX studios is being replaced as we are broadcasting today. So we apologize for any audio interference that might occur during the program. Getting that out of the way, now let's join Lada and her guests. Over to you, Lada. Thank you, Brad. Big Brothers, Big Sisters of San Luis Obispo County is showing California's Central Coast that just one positive mentoring relationship in a young person's life can make a lasting difference. And the organization offers several ways to make a positive impact on young people's lives. Here today to talk about what Big Brothers, Big Sisters of San Luis Obispo County offers and the positive difference it's making on the Central Coast are Don Sigmund, Community-Based Program Manager for Big Brothers, Big Sisters of San Luis Obispo County, Marina Penna, Site-Based Program Manager for Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and Kaidi McArdle, Development Director for Big Brothers, Big Sisters of San Luis Obispo. So welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much, Lada. We're so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So, Kaidi and Marina, how long has Big Brothers Big Sisters been in the county? In the county, almost 30 years. In 2025, we will be 30 years old. Um, but in the nation, we've been around for over 100 years uh, so we are the San Luis Obispo branch of the nationwide organization. Over a hundred years, yeah. I didn't realize it was that that established. In yeah, the I mean, nation. mentorships have played a really key role in our in our nation, essentially, and and Big Brothers Big Sisters of America really solidified that that vision. Do you know how that vision came about a hundred years ago? Um, so it actually started in. On the East Coast, uh, there was a judge who was seeing that the uh, number of children in the judicial system were better served with a person in their lives to guide them than um, prison sentences. So the program kind of spawned from that. And it's had many evolutions over the years to where it is now. Thank you, Marina. So, but one in San Luis Obispo and started in 1995. Mm-hmm, that's right. So 30 years ago, almost, almost. And so what brought Big Brothers Big Sisters to San Luis Obispo County? Well, one of the things I want to acknowledge is the first, the people who started the San Luis Obispo County branch, um, a lot of them were realtors who decided that they wanted to give an amount of money for each from each sale of each home that they sold um, 
to make this organization happen. So it was like a really, you know, as a lot of nonprofits are, it was a grassroots effort to bring forward this important mission. And those that we call that our realtor circle, and that still exists as a program, a, a source of funding, um, of many, uh, a source of many sources of funding for our organization. So well, do you know why realtors? I think it, that's a really good question. I think that they just had the energy for it. They, they, they brought it, you know, someone really inspired it uh, in that group of people. Well, it shows the importance of partnerships as well, right, between local business people and nonprofits. Indeed. So that's wonderful. Um, so, Marina, you talked about the mission and the evolution. So uh, what have been the evolutions here over 30 years in San Luis Obispo? Or has the mission primarily stayed the same? Or has it expanded? The the mission has really been in alignment with national, um, with the national organization. Now, I should mention that there are different programs that that um, that that Big Brothers Big Sisters offers. So, for example, and we'll be going into a lot of detail about this, I know, but um, we have a community-based program and a site-based or school-based program, and there are other organizations. Um, throughout the nation who have other programs as well. I think there's one called Sports Buddies. Sports Buddies is one that that, um, we used to offer, but uh, not 100% sure what happened with that. Oh, it never – okay, I I guess it never got (laughs) off the ground. But it was one we want to bring back at some point. For sure. Um, But other BBBSs around the nation use it. Uh, There's – in-school programs that um, Atlanta has that are absolutely amazing. Um, They're group mentoring programs and all things that we have actually looked at as ways to expand our organization. But it seems like at the heart of the organization for the last century or more that it's to interrupt that school-to-prison pipeline, right, and to, to connect young people to to mentors before law enforcement. Yeah, and to to break into the cycle of poverty and things like that, just to give kids a way to have a role model, a mentor, someone to look up to, to get that leg up um, to help and, out. And what we see is that study after study show that um, – that when a child has a mentor, a direct person in their lives, a secure person in their lives, um, their chances of, of high, high school graduation improve, the chances of them go- going into a trade school or college improve, and, um, and, and things that you don't want in your life are lowered as well. Um, so it's, it's really, there's been a lot of research, of course, done by Big Brothers Big Sisters of America to show all the benefits of the organization. Wonderful. And so could each of you talk about your roles with the organization here in San Luis Obispo? Don, tell us about your work as a community-based program manager. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, So I've been with Big Brothers Big Sisters for going on six years. And I started as the office manager for the first five uh, or first four years. Um, and as the office manager, I always had the the great um, opportunity to interact with people who first call us who were thinking about becoming mentors or parents who give us a call because they want to enroll their child. So I've always had the the awesome 
chance to to be their first um, their first connection with the program and explain how the programs work. So about a year ago um, or a year and a half ago, um, when we decided to have our program be uh, both uh, separated by a community-based program and a and, um, site-based program, I stepped up to become the community-based manager at that time. And so as the community-based manager, I oversee um, our community-based program. And that's the program, when you think of Big Brothers, Big Sisters, that's the one you typically think about. It's uh, an adult who's matched with a child, and they go out into the community together and do things. Um, So I oversee the program, you know, them becoming matched, the match support that goes on while they're matched. Um, Yeah, and so with that program, uh, you know, there's, uh, as you can imagine, a quite rigorous vetting process for our bigs because, you know, safety is probably the most important thing that that we do, um, the safety both for the littles and the bigs. Um, So there's uh, quite a few steps involved before the, from when they come in and apply to when they're actually what we call ready to be matched and we start looking for a little for them. So I do that part of the program and Marina's uh, takes care of the site-based program. And our site-based program is actually run in schools. So um, my team goes, I have two site coordinators. Um, they are at Uh, middle schools and elementary schools across the county and we take high school aged volunteers from all the high schools in the county and we match them up with littles in our program um, and we do facilitated mentorship so we take the kids and the we have games we have activities we do um, stem activities are favorite is slime right now Mm -hmm. Um, not a fan of slime personally but (laughs) they love it And uh, the bigs come for an hour and a half uh, once a week, and they are paired up with the kids, and the kids just love it. And we also take college-age students as well. Wonderful. And Kaidi, do you want to talk about being development director? Sure. As development director, I'm in charge of bringing in resources, um, financial contributions. Um, I have business relationships, but also... I like bringing in resources for our bigs and littles. Um, next year, we're starting a program that I'm excited about that is an outings program that essentially enables our bigs and littles, our mentor volunteers and, and the children they're matched with, um, to have outings in the community and, and have lunch together So in a group. So they all get to get to know each other and, um, and connect together every month for different outings that are specially created for them. That's nice. That builds community. It does, indeed. Among them. Um, Dawn, I'd like to go back to something you said because I've been wondering how littles, uh, right, the children who are being mentored, um, come to big brothers, big sisters. And you had mentioned that it's often the parents who call in and identify that their child needs needs a mentor, needs a big brother, needs a big sister. Is that usually the case? Yes, parent? that is correct. Um, almost entirely, uh, it would be a parent giving us a call for that first touch, letting us know that they have an interest in having a mentor for their child um, and starting that process. 
on an occasion, we might have, you know, maybe a, a counselor or a, a social worker maybe making the first call, you know, if they're trying to help the parent access the program. Um, but even when that's the case, we will interact with the parent because, of course, we want to make sure it's something that they're interested in having their child. You know, it's we ask them to make a one-year commitment to the community-based program. So it's really important that we have the buy-in of, of course, the parent the child and the big for that uh, long commitment. So and, do you mm-hmm, and go ahead. the community-based program and the site-based program are not exclusive. So if we have site-based littles who are also community-based littles as well, so they can they can do both. Oh, they can overlap. Yeah, they'll have different bigs. Different bigs. They have more than one big. Yeah, for the site-based program. Do you also work with youth in the foster care system? Yes, we do. Um, In that instance, it would be the foster parent who would be making the inquiry and filling out the application. Great. So what drew each of you to Big Brothers Big Sisters and to your positions? I'm new to the organization. I've only been working with Big Brothers Big Sisters for four months. And I was drawn to the organization because I think mentorships have played such a deep role in my life, um, such an important role. And I really, really appreciate the mission of the organization. Yeah. And the people. I'm so happy to work with you all. I I agree. I worked for a bookkeeper who was doing the books for Big Brothers Big Sisters. And when this um, position became available... And we recognized that there, you know, there was a, an opening. She told me what a wonderful organization it was. And, you know, of course, I, I had a past of a history of um, doing some teaching. So I've always had a passion for seeing, you know, helping children and, you know, just having children, working with children. It's, mm-hmm. it's just it's, you know, there's a, a joy to that. And, of course, seeing their life change, there's nothing better than being able to see a child come in, you know, and grow by being in the program and being able to be a part of that. You know, it's just it's an amazing feeling to be able to to show up and be a part of that. Yeah. And to mirror what Don said, I mean, it's very, very clear to see the impact that we're having. Um, I was drawn to it just because I've always been in nonprofits. It's my lifeblood. Um, but it is um, it's just amazing to watch how much of an impact we have on these on these kids in our community. And then, of course, because our team is absolutely amazing. But I've also only been here since April. So I'm also fairly new. I'm Lada Murti with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, your Central Coast listener-supported radio station. My guests today are Kaidi McCardle, Development Director for Big Brothers Big Sisters of San Luis Obispo County, Don Sigmund, Community-Based Program Manager for Big Brothers Big Sisters of Slow County, and Marina Penna, Site-Based Program Manager for Big Brothers Big Sisters of Slow County. We are talking about Big Brothers Big Sisters in San Luis Obispo and its almost 30-year history on the Central Coast. Listeners, what would you like to know about Big Brothers Big Sisters of San Luis Obispo County? Please call and tell us. Call 805-781-3875 or you can email questions to voices at kcbx.org and we will get them on the air. So tell us some more about the programs that you have. So you have the community-based program, site-based program. Are there any other programs? 
I mean, we're always looking to expand our programming to do other types of mentoring in the community. Uh, we have some options with group mentoring and site-based it, within the site-based parameters um, that we have. We have things cooking, but we haven't <laughs> launched anything new just yet. We're always we're, we're in growth mode all the time. We're really mm-hmm. looking to to expand and take on new opportunities. That's good to hear. So. Of the two, which one is the the larger program right now? Or is there so much overlap that it's impossible to tell? <laughs> Shall we arm wrestle to I see who yours. has more? Oh, I have more? <laughs> yeah. I might have more. I guess I – well, probably because I have the six sites. Mm-hmm. So I have six school sites that I manage um, our program at. And what are those sites? We are at Napomo Elementary. We are at – uh, in Lucia Mar School District. We are at Pomo Elementary, we are at Paulding Middle School, and we are at Judkins Middle School. And then here in San Luis, we are at Hawthorne Elementary and Pacheco Elementary. And then up in Paso, we are at Almond Acres uh, Charter Academy. Oh, that's a lot of sites. Yes. <laughs> and then that's all the high schools as well um, to get our volunteers from. So let me be more specific with my with my earlier question about the larger program. Which one draws the most volunteers, you say? Mm, I think still site-based just because <laughs> our background checking with the high schoolers because they don't have to go through as many steps as community-based does. Uh, it's a little easier for us to pull those volunteers because it is a facilitated mentorship. So we have staff on site at all times with our mentors and our mentees, unlike community-based. Um, but there is always a need in in both, both programs. Yeah, we currently um, in the community-based program, uh, we have about well, actually, it's between the two programs. We have about 50 children who are waiting for a mentor. So mm-hmm. we definitely have a need for mentors at this time um, all throughout the county. We're happy to have anybody who has, you know, a, a feeling within them that they could benefit a child, you know, help their lives. And also they help, they get helped as well. So can you talk some more about that process of sure. – of matching the littles and bigs or, or keeping them on the wait list? Or sure. How that works. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to. So we we take a look at the areas that people live in. And, you know, this is a pretty well spread out county. So we serve people all the way up as far north as Shandon, as far south as Napomo. Um, and so once we have a big who's ready to be matched, um, we would take a look at what littles we have in that area. Um, so we don't want to ask somebody who lives in Paso Robles to go down to Napomo. Um, you know, that's especially with the price of gas nowadays, that's not (laughs) realistic. Um, but so we're going to look, you know, in their hometown, we're going to look at littles. Um, it's really important to us that we make a match with a big and a little where they have some common interests. So, you know, we're constantly asking about what their interests are, what their hobbies, what their passions, what they'd like to look into, what they'd like to learn more about. Because the more that the big and little have in common, obviously, the easier it's going to be for them to uh, to establish a bond, to get to know each other better. You know, it's going to be they're going to have a better time when they go out because they're doing interests that they both enjoy. So that's a, a big piece of what we look at um, when we're matching bigs and littles. 
and it, it all mm-hmm. starts when when the big or or the little's parent guardian um, submits an inquiry form, and then we'll give them a phone call uh, for either for either site based or for community based, and we'll give them a call and explain both of the programs and see which one fits their needs more, um, and then we have interviews and background checking and more background checking and some reference checking. And then some more trainings, trainings, um, some more background checking, um, (laughs) because like we said, we really it's safety is key. These are these are kids that we are pairing up. So and then we go from there. Mm -hmm. Quite a process. (laughs) It isn't. What's the age range of the littles? Um, Our age range starts from the age of six and then all the way up until the late teens, if they're open to being uh, matched we can we can match a child all the way up to the age of 18. And for site paste, we start at 7 because otherwise they just kind of see them as a playmate after mm-hmm. school and they don't really get that benefit. Um, so usually about second grade is when we're when we're accepting them. For for littles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for second okay. grade. And um and so I I've noticed, of course, in my experience that younger children's interests can quickly change. And so what happens when you're finding that there's not a good match? Well, um, we're definitely uh, a big part of what we do is what we call match support, where um, we're going to check in with that match on at least a monthly basis. So if the big is saying, you know, gosh, I'm not sure what to do with my little, their interests are changing, we're definitely there to coach provide support, give ideas, um, give them ideas of what things have worked for other matches in the past. Um, We do, uh, when we make the match in the beginning, when we make what we call the match meeting and the big and little meet each other, we give them a list of like 100-ish things to do in the community that are either free or nearly free. Um, You know, so whatever it is that they feel like they might need to um, support the relationship and help it grow, that's what we do by match support. The The professional match support is a, a big thing about what we do in Big Brothers Big Sisters and why we've been successful for so long. And our site-based team does match support as well to, to make sure that the matches are running smoothly, to make sure that everybody is getting what they need out of it. And then, you know, as Kaidi mentioned earlier, looking into more um, outings as larger groups. And we really encourage them to grow together um, as, as a match. So, so Kaidi, what have been some of the outings? Well, some of the outings that we've been able to secure so far are – like t- and these are actually for individual matches. Um, our tickets to games at Cal Poly, the sporting events. Um, uh, Slow Rep has been very generous, and Cal Poly Arts has been very generous, giving us tickets that they can use for free. It's really wonderful because the truth is, and I'll just in- inject one thing, um, we don't want the matches to be all about the big or the mentor kind of buying them things, you know, Mm -hmm. um, we really don't want sort of the money to be involved, but we can give them tickets to events um, that they can enjoy. But next year in 24, some of the outings that we're creating are a special tour for them of the Performing Arts Center with a lunch in the Founders Room, which will be kind of fancy. Um, uh, Let's see, uh, um, um, slow... um, 
sorry, Slow Beaver Brigade is a is an an organization here in town that supports the the ecological. Um, needs of beavers and they're going to give us a tour um so lots of different local organizations are going to be pitching in and we also have um local businesses that that do things for our our mentors and our mentees uh the pad for example the climbing gym here in san luis obispo um offers our mentor mentees um memberships i believe yeah free memberships yeah, so a lot of really great business support. It's been really wonderful to get to know that as a new person working here. Yeah, a lot of community donations. And yes, a lot of great. donations. Yes. So if our listeners are interested in being involved as, um, as bigs, as volunteers, perhaps in making donations, where should they go? What should they do? Probably the best place uh, for them to go to would be our website, which is slowbigs.org, S-L-O-B-I-G-S dot org. Mm -hmm. And if they were to go to our website, they can uh, find a a page to make a donation or they can find a page to uh, inquire about the program, both to either become a mentor or to enroll a child uh, in the program. And we're also on all of the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok for the site-based program. We've got it all. (laughs) So they can find us. Listeners, I do encourage you to go to their website. I enjoyed visiting it the other day, and I noticed on the website that there's a really robust Jedi statement, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion statement that I thought was impressive. Could one of you talk about that a little more? I can talk about our Jedi statement, sure. So Jedi, our justice, inclusivity equity, inclusivity, diversity statement actually came from our national office. Um, However, that is something that uh, national has many, many trainings for us as staff, as well as for our volunteers, our mentors, our littles, our parent guardians um, around issues within justice and equity and diversity, EDI and and whatever acronyms you're using for it, we use JEDI. Um, So we have all kinds of trainings around it. It is something that is very, very important to our national office all the way down to all of us here in our own local organization. And where is national based? Uh, They are based in Florida. Are they in Florida right now? I think so. I think they're in Florida. But we have a national conference every year and it bounces around uh, this past year, this past June, we were in Anaheim. So a a handful of us got to go to Anaheim, which was fantastic. And next year we'll be in Texas. Yeah. (laughs) Move around. Yeah. Um, So I'd like to return a little bit more to the process of of matching bigs and littles, identifying them. And I'm thinking as a parent, um, it probably takes a lot for a parent to even recognize or identify the need for a mentor, for a big in their child's life. Um, And so I'm wondering how that goes. So when a parent contacts you, what are they usually saying? What are they asking for? Yes. Um, So since I'm the person who has (laughs) for several years historically answered the phone, uh, I'm happy to tell you that oftentimes they recognize um, a lot of time, you know, we're, it's a single parent 
home. Um, they are working really hard, working many hours to support their child. And they recognize that um, for whatever reason, maybe it's because they work so many hours, maybe it's because their child is having some social issues, that they could use some help, that they could use another strong adult role model in their child's life, and that they can recognize that that's something that their child could benefit from. Um, so, you know, there's a myriad of different reasons, um, but you know, I agree. As a parent myself, I feel like it takes a lot for you to see, you know, I need this for my child and to make that outreach. You know, it, it can never be an easy thing to do, um, but mm -hmm. yeah, it is a rewarding thing to do. Absolutely. As parents, we try to do it all, but mm -hmm. it's not possible. We need support. Yeah. We are going to take a short break to hear from our studio. Over to you, Brad. And we'll return to Central Coast Voices in just a moment. From the KCBX community calendar, the San Luis Obispo Arts Council is inviting you to the 25th annual Open Studios Art Tour. It's coming Saturday and Sunday, this Saturday and Sunday, October 21st and 22nd, from 10 until 5 o'clock. Everyone is welcome to see the talented fine artists and crafters open up their studios to showcase their art and show their processes. For more information, you can visit slocountyarts.org. And just a reminder that the KCBX Community Calendar features arts, entertainment, and nonprofit events in San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, and southern Monterey counties. You can submit your item or event to be shared. You'll find it on our calendar page on the website at kcbx.org. And ahead today on our Thursday here on KCBX, it is Latino USA from 2 till 3. Fresh Air follows from 3 to 4, and Marketplace is up at 4 o'clock. Right now, let's return to Lotta Murdy and her guests on Central Coast Voices. Back to you, Lotta. Thanks, Brad. Welcome back to Central Coast Voices. I am on with Marina Pena, site-based program manager for Big Brothers, Big Sisters of San Luis Obispo County. Also with me is Kaidi McArdle, Development Director for Big Brothers Big Sisters of San Luis Obispo County, and also the Community-Based Program Manager for Big Brothers Big Sisters, Don Sigmund. And we are talking about the many programs Big Brothers Big Sisters has for area volunteers and area youth, many opportunities. Listeners, have you volunteered with Big Brothers Big Sisters or been a little brother or little sister? Call 805-781-3875, or you can email questions and comments to voices at kcbx.org, and we will get them on the air. So before the break, we were talking about um, the process of identifying littles who might need big brothers or big sisters, um, and the process of, of volunteering or donating. The website, again, is SlowBigs. Mm -hmm. yep. SlowBigs.org. SlowBigs.org. Mm -hmm. Very good. So um, we're talking about, you know, the, the courage for a parent 
to call the organization or to contact the organization and say, you know, I, I know, I recognize um, my child could use another adult, right, in their lives, uh, another positive um, relationship with an adult. Um, how about on the other side of it, how do you identify good bigs, good big brothers, good big sisters? What are you looking for in a mentor? So there's a really common misconception that you have to be perfect to be a big, and that is absolutely not the case. Um, it actually, we will, I mean, aside from all of the background checking that we we talked about earlier, um, you know, it doesn't take that much to make a huge difference, to make that impact in a child's life. Um, so, you know, to be the perfect, in quotation marks, big, mm-hmm. You just have to want to be there, to be somebody, to help a child. Anybody else wants to? And it's six to eight hours, like sort of six hours minimum per month. So imagine getting together with a child twice a month for three hours at minimum. I mean, a lot of our mentors, our big volunteers, um, they spend much more time than just six hours a month. But, you know, if, if listeners are interested in any way, if they could just sort of assess whether they have just six extra hours a month, um, it could make a huge difference in their lives. Yeah, I can speak a little bit more to the requirements um, for our bigs. We ask that they be able to commit six to eight hours a month um, and get together with the child at least twice a month. So, you know, a couple, three, four-hour sessions. Um, And then on the weeks when they don't see the child, we ask that they be in contact in some other way, you know, whether it be a phone call, texting, emails. Um, And then the other part of the commitment, though, is we do ask that they be willing to make and available to make a one-year commitment to the relationship. Um, So, you know, uh, you have to not have a situation happening where, you know, you're not sure what's happening this summer if you're still going to be in the area. You have to be knowing that you're going to be in San Luis Obispo County uh, for at least a year. Um, You know, and sometimes people, you know, start out and think that that's the case. And, of course, sometimes things change. But um, those are the minimum requirements we're looking for um, to to begin the process to for them to become a big. I imagine the pandemic was disruptive in that regard. Very much, although we did continue to um, function and yeah. all of the matches were virtual. Yeah, and even site-based as well. And, and speaking of um, other programs, at that time, you know, there was a huge need for tutoring because a lot of children who were trying to learn at home uh, with parents who were trying to work, you know, they were kind of on their own. So we, at that time, we had a, a virtual tutoring program as well, mm-hmm. um, which we no longer offer. But um, yeah, we we still made matches. We still, you know, the matches would meet. They'd have little video chats. They'd, they'd do what they could do to get to know each other during that time yeah. from their own homes. Yeah, and site-based ran, <laughs> ran, still ran program as well during that time. I wasn't with them at the time, but that was, it, it still ran. <laughs> was there a particular technology or platform you used for that, the virtual it Zoom calls? It was mostly Zoom. National did launch an app, um, but I I don't know the success, at least with our agency. I know a lot of other agencies had, had good success with it for the virtual, um, but we don't use it anymore um, within, our, within our programs. So six to eight hours a month. For a year is the the minimum commitment 
for a big brother or big sister. How were those time frames decided? Is there research behind that? So the time frame is – I'm not 100% sure about how the time hours were, were narrowed down. But for, um, for site-based specifically, we – we know that you need that year commitment. We try to get as long as possible with the kids. We are only running during the school year. So for our program specifically, it's nine months. But there is a immediate difference within those first three. Um, you can start to see those changes that, that we're looking for. But the longer the matches are together, the better um, the numbers, the, the, all the research from all the national offices and and everything else shows that. And we track that sort of stuff with surveys and that's all part of our match support stuff that we were uh, speaking of earlier. Speaking of earlier. (laughs) Yeah, I can't speak to the six to eight hours. I don't know how that was a magic formula, but I can speak to the fact that um, the one year for the community-based program, it's, it's a magic number because that's the point where they really start to see a big change in the child's life. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Marina was speaking about surveys, and we do we do surveys with the child in the beginning um, for their baseline, and then it, within a, at the year mark, we do another uh, to measure growth to be able to show that you know things have improved in that child's life in a myriad of different ways. So the one year mark was where they were really seeing the the biggest growth and change happening. And those those surveys are looking at things like truancy, uh, dropout rates, um, bullying interventions, um, engaging in risky behaviors. Engaging, yep, that one uh, that was a big one. Um, better relationships with peers and with family members as well. Self esteem and confidence yep. improvement. Yep, all that, all that good stuff. Also. Um, College, going on to college, is that also? College and, and or trade school, mm-hmm. uh, some kind of post-high school plan for, for the bigs and littles. And that is something that we do with more with the middle schoolers than the elementary school because um, they're not quite there yet. But the middle schoolers, you know, they, we do some of that with them, which also helps out the high schoolers because they can figure out what they're looking at as well. So um, – Six to eight hours a month for a year, but some littles are getting more, right, if they're in overlapping programs? Um, yeah. And how is that decided, or is there a process for that, for what or who among the littles gets both the site-based uh, mentor and the community-based? So what I would say to that is if the parent applied for both, mm-hmm. you know, they need to apply, and we need to have – a big who's available and a good match for that little. That mm-hmm. That's one way um, that that could come about. Yeah, as long as the child is of the right age range, everything, you know, that we are able to support at the site base, if it works and we're at, at, at that school site, yeah. that's the big thing because we're not at every school. Yeah. We'd like to be. For now, yeah. We will We'd like to future. be. <laughs> I've, I've got thoughts on some schools we could hit. But we need funding for it. <laughs> and I've I've talked a lot about the one-year commitment, but we definitely encourage and support the relationships to become multi-year Absolutely. relationships. You know, that's the ideal. Uh, we love to see a young child, you know, their relationship grow and develop with their bigs. And we've seen them oftentimes the match only closing when the child goes off to college, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, a beautiful thing to be able to be a part of. And some of the things that we've seen as well is, is site-based um, once the – 
bigs graduate and are in college, they want to stay with that little and they just transfer over to community. Mm-hmm. So it can go in both directions. And that, that's been great. We actually had two of those do that mm-hmm. this past school year. In the process. Yeah, they're in the process of doing that. And they'll stay with their same little. Um, but they loved being together. They've been together for multiple, multiple years, which is what we're going for. So as a big, how many um, mentees, how many littles can you have? One. One. It is a one. More. It is a one-to-one, yeah, um, unless it's a, one of those group mentoring situations, but we're not quite there yet. <laughs> can they have more than one one-to-one relationship or no? It's just – it, unless they're unless they happen to be in site based and in community based community based words are not working for me today. Um, that's that would be the only the only way they would have more than one. And so, um, Don Marina, you touched on this a bit before. I believe you did as well, Kaidi. But what are the most common misconceptions or misunderstandings about being a big or a little that you've heard or you encounter? Well, one of the things Marina, I believe, mentioned before is the idea that you have to be some kind of outstanding citizen, um, superhero. superhero. You you will be a superhero um, when you're a mentor big for our organization, that's for sure. But what are some other um, misconceptions that we talked about? Um, Honestly, uh, the one to me is is the amount of time per month that we ask them to commit to. I think people have an idea that it's going to be quite a bit more expensive of a time commitment than what we ask. Um, So, yeah. And it's not set. You know, they work with the Littles families to to find time that works in in both sets of schedules because kids are busy, parents are busy, Mm -hmm. families are busy, and the mentors are also busy. And we acknowledge that. We try to make things as easy as possible. And we also have um, our amazing AmeriCorps fellow uh, who is serving their VIP year with us, Maddie. She sends out a weekly um, newsletter to all of our bigs and littles with upcoming events that are free and low cost in the area, as well as like she suggests a weekly hike, um, things that they can do together to make planning that a little easier. I think one other thing is like a bit a, a potential big, a prospective big might say, you know, all I really like to do is take walks on the beach and read. Like that's really what I like to do. No child would ever want to do that with me. And it's like, no, <laughs> there are plenty of children who would love to sit in a library with you or go to a bookstore or take a quiet walk on the beach with your dog. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we will match you. Dawn will match you with a great little. This is probably kind of hard to believe, but we actually have had littles in the past who's big, took them to the beach for the first time, which in our Mm -hmm. county, you know, it's pretty close by. So it's, it's amazing to believe, but it's true. Mm. So like you said, like you pointed out, you know, you would think, oh, just go for a child who hasn't had that exposure. It, it really opens up the world to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if a big has young children of their own this is not something where they could include their young children it really has to be one-on-one we we really ask that the relationship be one-on-one um honestly we don't have them often come to us with little children of their own they're usually (laughs) pretty busy uh, busy. i've decided i'm not having children or the children are grown and out of the home 
Um, but if they did, you know, we, we don't say you can't if you have small children. But yeah, it's the one-on-one relationship that really is the key. Um, you know, if a spouse wants to join for have them over for a dinner once or, you know, a little bit, that's okay. Or if a sibling comes along w- once in a great while, that's okay. But we really stress the importance of it just being a, one adult and one child because that's what is going to make an impact on that child's life. So going back to the original mission, right, of Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and wanting to keep kids out of the criminal justice system, right? Um, What have been previously called at-risk youth. I noticed on your website it was vulnerable youth. Um, So could someone who has been in the system, can they be a big can they provide that sort of – It depends on, you know, the the, the situation. We do assess that um, as long as it's not anything that was involving children or, or abuse of any kind usually. Um, and time, how long ago it was, um, things along that lines, we, we, do, we do look at that because that is part of the background checking. Yeah. <laughs> This is Lada Murti with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, Central Coast Public Radio, your listener-supported radio station. If you recently joined us for today's show and want to listen to the entire broadcast, you can. It's available on our website at www.kcbx.org under the On Demand tab. Click on Central Coast Voices and you will find this show and many others to choose from. Today I am talking with Don Sigmund, community-based program manager for Big Brothers Big Sisters of San Luis Obispo County, Marina Penna, the site-based program manager for Big Brothers Big Sisters of Slow County, and Kaidi McCardle, development director for Big Brothers Big Sisters in Slow. And we are talking about big little relationships formed through Big Brothers Big Sisters of San Luis Obispo County. We still have a little more time for your emailed questions or comments at voices at kcbx.org. So right before that announcement, I was asking about whether those who um, may have a criminal record, uh, maybe have been uh, incarcerated, if they can become bigs. And, And I understand it's a difficult situation, but I was thinking, you know, what better way for a little to learn about, um, you know, how difficult or tough that experience can be and um, to not to want to reproduce that or maybe mm-hmm. to break that cycle yeah. than to to have that mentor telling them um, kind of don't do, don't do what I did, right? I know it's not that simplistic. Yeah. Um, and so along those lines, what are some of the most – inspiring big little relationships you have observed or experienced or come to know of? Um, Don, do you have one that comes to mind? I have one, but well, if you have one that comes first. Go ahead. You, you do yours and I'll think about which one I want. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we have uh, – this literally just happened yesterday, honestly, um, because program – started for for site-based on October 1st or 2nd because I think that was the Monday. Uh, But I'm out at program watching the kids and uh, at Hawthorne yesterday we had a big who is just 
amazing. He is a great guy. And you would never have pegged him for being 16. He looks significantly older, acts so very mature. Um, he's a football player at Slow High and he was having a blast and he gives 100% to not just his little but all of the littles. So they were in the Gaga Ball pit. I don't know. I didn't name the game. Um, <laughs> and they're playing and this group of other littles and their bigs decided they were going to have a cartwheel contest. So this big grabs his little and brings him over and they're all cheering each other on and he's cheering them on and then he goes, all right, guys, it's my turn and he limbers himself up and then just goes and does a full backhand spring round off situation and all of the kids were just clapping and and cheering for him and he spends time with his little and then uh, goes, oh, we have to do your reading. He's got reading homework that he had to do. So he went and grabbed his little and he grabbed his little's book and they sat down and they read together and then just, you know, he stayed with him until his mom came, which is, you know, what we have them wait and they don't just get to leave unless they have to for an emergency or something like that. We try to keep them there the whole time. Um, but he stayed, He cheered on other kids as they were leaving and, you know, pointed out great things that they had done. And it's just so, so nice to see high schoolers giving back in that way. And just he, he's amazing. We love him. <laughs> so um, there's a couple that come to mind for me. But the, there is one match in particular they had started probably when the little uh, – she was probably around the year – around eight. And so um, – and they had a very long, over 10-year match. Um, the match, again, ended when she turned 18 and she went off to college. And, you know, seeing a child come in and they're quiet and they're shy and they're not – you know, they're not engaged that much with the world. And then seeing them evolve and change and, uh, you know, when this match closed, um, and of course they're going to be lifelong friends. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they'll always have that connection. Absolutely. But the child's out of the area. The actual, the official Big Brothers, Big Sisters mentorship is ending. Uh, they, they created a video for us, you know, of all the pictures oh. and the girl at her volleyball games with the big there and just all the things they'd done over this multi-year match. And we were all just bawling in tears, you know, mm-hmm. watching the progression of this relationship and just feeling so grateful, so deeply grateful to have been able to play a part in something that beautiful, you know, like that's that was life changing for that child and probably big, big as well. So, yeah, and that, it, that it, comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. And National has some really great ones, too, that are like the famous matches. Like there's a couple NFL players. I don't follow sports so I couldn't tell you what their names are (laughs) sports ball yay and you know uh things like that they talk about theirs uh so those are on the the big brothers big sisters of America site uh but we have a a number of of local matches that are just I mean it's the little ones the ones that don't make the the big news stories they don't go to conference and get you know named as big of the year at conference that are really inspiring at least for our team you know and that's why that's why we're here that's why we're doing our work and i noticed some of them on your website which again is slowbigs.org yes kaidi did you have some stories to share for me as development director i'm out in the community talking to people and tabling and and checking in with our donors and and meeting people who in the community want to support us and i talk to people every day 
who I meet and who get a little tear in their eyes and talk about the impact of being a big in the past or being a little, um, or their friend ha- you know, was a big, or their relative and the, and the incredible impact on their lives. So I don't have a particular story, but it's just so notable that so often I talk to people who have had a, a, you know, a really profound relationship and a mentor relationship with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Don has another one. Yeah, when she was saying that, it reminded me that I was at um, a local store last year and, uh, you know, picking up some supplies. And this person said, oh, you're with Big Brothers Big Sisters. I have to tell you, I was a little um, and it saved my life. Yeah. You mm-hmm. said the, having that big in my life, it was a very difficult time. And I really don't feel like I'd be here if, yeah. if I didn't have that relationship. And, you know, when somebody tells you that, it's very, um, it's very inspiring. And one of our, uh, for SiteBase, we have College uh, Corps, which is under the umbrella of AmeriCorps, fellows with us. And some of our fellows have family members who were bigs or they're like one in particular, her stepmother is a big still. Um, the little has graduated and gone to college, but she saw that relationship and it, it was part of what brought her to um, be with us and, and want to serve her, her time with us and help out. So to close us out, could you each talk a little bit about the personal impact your role and work with Big Brothers Big Sisters has had on you? Ooh. <laughs> um, wants to start? I'll start. Okay. As development director, you know, I'm in the office and, and the children uh, who are being matched up sometimes come into the office for an interview. And, you know, for someone in my role, in a more administrative role, um, I I don't get to I don't have that face to face time with our bigs and littles our mentors and our, our children, and so when they do come into the office, it is a profound experience to connect with like oh this human it, this is what I'm working for, and I know that might sound very simplistic, but it's incredibly profound. Yeah. For so what what I can say you know is. Being able to get to know the families and the bigs, um, it, it definitely is life-changing. It definitely puts things in perspective for you, um, and it, you know, it, it's touching. So it's it feels like important work, and it feels, you know, good to show up and be able to do that every day. Yeah, working, working with kids is just life-changing as a whole. Watching their excitement when their bigs come to program is just – absolutely amazing um and then the other life-changing side of it has definitely been our team we are a very small organization but we are very close and we are very very strong and pretty amazing if i do say so myself i'm a fan of us (laughs) how how big is that amazing team how many of you are there there? are nine nine of us us? yeah yeah there's, we are small, <laughs> but we are mighty. <laughs> so in just about one sentence each, if you can, what do you see as the future of Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Slow County? Uh, maybe even just a, a few key words or phrases. Where do you see Big Brothers, Big Sisters going? Well, we haven't solidified this audacious goal, but my audacious goal is for everyone who would like a mentor in San Luis Obispo County to have one. And so I'm going to talk to the board about that. (laughs) (laughs) 
I like that. Just continued commitment to the community and, and yeah. helping that grow. Continued. That grow. Yeah, continued growth, absolutely, in, in all of our programs, site-based and community-based, and just as an organization as a whole, and helping all the kids. I want to thank our guests, Don Sigmund, Kaidi McArdle, and Marina Penna from Big Brothers, Big Sisters of San Luis Obispo County. We've been talking about the organization's history, its current programs, and the positive difference it's helped to make in so many lives on California's Central Coast. You can find out more at slowbigs.org. Next week, please join Chris Kington Barker as she speaks with guest Maxine Kosler, Executive Director of Mission Community Services and the Women's Business Center. They will discuss how MCSC provides technical assistance services and enhances local economic development. You are invited to listen, learn, and participate in the conversation on Thursday, October 26th, between 1 and 2 p.m. Central Coast Voices has been sponsored by Action for Healthy Communities and the San Luis Obispo Community Foundation in collaboration with KCBX. I'm Lada Murti. Thank you for joining us today.